Hey, this is Cunning Minx of the Polyamory Weekly Podcast at polyweekly.com, and you're listening to the giant pervert unspeakable acts on the Massacast. This podcast is for grown-ass people, so if you are under the age of 18, go away. Hello, and thanks for downloading another Massacast. Uh, thanks to everyone who's been uh, friending me on FetLife. Username uh, is Massacast, M-A-S-O-C-A-S-T. Uh, it's a great way to actually keep in touch with people who have suggestions. Actually, one one woman suggested she, you know, that she'd like to hear more interviews with dominant men and submissive women. So, bang, got more on the way. Lots of great interview suggestions. If you have any, that's a great way to email. You can also email me, massacast at gmail.com. I'm always looking for more people to interview. And, um, yeah, thanks for that. Also had someone donate 50 bucks, which, again, soiled my pants as soon as I saw it. So, you know, there's good and bad to everything, I guess. Of course, before we get to the interview, I have to tell you that this episode is brought to you by Eden Fantasies. Go to EdenFantasies.com, and while you're there, type in EFCAST, E-F-C-A-S-T, and save 20% on your order. I was just looking at some of the new items they have. They have something called the U, and maybe I'm mispronouncing that, but it's Y-O-O-O, Personal Discreet Massager. And I have to say, this thing confuses me. Yep, most of the reviews are very positive. I don't know how this thing works, but I might have to buy one just just so I could find out how it does work. But it, it's it's you have to look for yourself. It's three balls, it's supposed to have like a Cessna air, airplane engine in inside. It's supposed to be really powerful. Um, also, they have something uh, here called the Duke Prostate Stimulator. I don't know if I want to think about John Wayne while getting my prostate stimulated, but I suppose it's better than the Gipper Prostate Massager, which gives pleasure to your wealthiest neighbors and assumes it's going to trickle down to you. Nothing like political Ronald Reagan prostate stimulation humor. That's the only kind of humor you can find on this podcast, I'd like to say. This episode uh, sat down with uh, someone who I met through Saad, actually, uh, a friend of Saad's, who she's known her for years, uh, Miss Mona Rogers. And uh, it doesn't take long, if you ever meet her, it doesn't take long for you to, to realize this is a person who should sit down and, and just listen to her talk because she has some very, some very interesting things to say. And it's not so much, not just, it's not just what she says, it's how she says it. Uh, she's extremely nice, extremely funny, and she doesn't hold back. Uh, and so uh, Saad and I sat down with her. Could be, I, I wanted Saad to sit down with the interview because obviously I can be quite intimidating. Obviously. Uh, so enjoy this episode with Miss Mona Rogers. Mo- is Mona your real name? No. No? So what, what, what made not. you decide to go with Mona? Oh my God, this is a really funny story. Okay. When I was in high school, I used to chill with this kid that um, he was originally from L.A., and I grew up in Jersey, and uh, he was originally from L.A., and um, he was Puerto Rican and something else. I don't remember exactly. But we used to watch this movie, and it was an HBO movie, but it was really good, and it was called Mi Vida Loca, so My Crazy Life. Mm-hmm. And it was about these Mexican gangbanger girls in Echo Park in L.A., so it was like kind of like their story of like their crew and whatnot. And um, it actually, it was like a really good movie, like for what it was. Um, and there was a couple of main girls in in the movie that were like the, you know, the main characters. And 
he kind of gave me and a couple of the girls that I used to hang out with, like the nicknames from the girls in the movie. So he'd be like, oh, you'd be like her and you're like her. And so the one girl in the movie is Sad Girl. Mm -hmm. That was her gang name. But then her real name in the movie was um, Mona. Mm -hmm. And I always loved that name. And so I was like, oh, because I don't want kids. I, I was like, when I get when I get older and I, I get a little, I'm going to get a little girl dog and I'm going to name her Mona. But then when I had the chance to like use the name for myself, <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going to go with that. <laughs> and then I decided that I didn't have a last name for a while. And then I decided that I wanted a last name. And uh, I was like, kind of like, oh, what should I pick? And this and that. And being that I'm obsessed with Prince, um, Rogers is actually Prince's middle name, so it's Prince Rogers Nelson. <laughs> well, for, first thing comes to mind when mm -hmm. you say when you say the story. For, it's a good thing that your friend wasn't obsessed with the Spice Girls movie. Yeah, no, that would have sucked because I couldn't be Mistress Sporty Spice. Yes. No. <laughs> Mistress Posh. No, I'd, no, I'd be Mistress Scary Spice, maybe. There's already a Dante Posh. Yeah. Oh, that's but right. So posh would be tough. That would be tough. But you guys were talking about before we started recording mm -hmm. that it's hard to pick a name because there's someone else who's already had that name. Yeah, I mean, like, for me, actually, it wasn't hard because I knew going in pretty much, like, I was like, this is going to be my name. Yeah. And then, but I didn't really know, you know, that I had to, like, search out people to see if there was, like, other Mistress Monas. I didn't know about that. I was just like, I'm motherfucking Mona, and that's what it is. Like, <laughs> deal with it, you know? But it actually worked out. There was only one other mistress that I ever really found um, when I, like, kind of realized you have to check. Um, and she was, I think she, she might be in California somewhere, and her name is, like, Mona Blue. But she's, like, you know... She's very pretty. She's this beautiful black woman that's known for, like, hypnosis. And I'm like, okay, so it's two completely <laughs> different things, you know what I mean? Like, I won't get confused with her. Well, because scene names are important. There's a lot of people. I mean, yeah. just about everybody in the scene has a scene name for obvious reasons. Um, I mean, Saad, that was pretty easy for you to come up with your name, I suppose, right? It was my, it was my second name that I gave myself, but uh, when it occurred to me, I was like, of course. What was your first name you wanted to pick? I will never tell. Really? I will never tell. It's, it was far too complicated, impossible to pronounce, and... Oh, was it the prince symbol? No. <laughs> no. I thought about that. No, it wasn't. It was... Uh... I'm going to be the mistress formerly known as Mona. <laughs> <laughs> It was, a, I guess, a, a repurposing of a French word. Mm. And that's all I'm going to say. Repurposing of a French word? Okay, I'm going to have to get a French dictionary now. Yeah, good luck with that. All right. <laughs> it's nowhere near the beginning. Okay, okay, damn it. Oh, oh well, that, that helps me. You just, you just, <laughs> you didn't narrow I just it down cut for my him. time in half. <laughs> it's just somewhere in the, two, the last two-thirds of the alphabet. I mean, yeah, like, hey, yeah. Um, okay, so, but let's, let's kind of step before that. Mm-hmm. Have you always been kinky, or is this something fairly yeah. new? Yeah. Well, the depths of my kinkiness is something fairly new. That's it's been you know my past five years, the journey I've been on. But yeah, I've always had elements that I've played with. Um, my problem was was that you know I kind of came into this a little bit later in life, and I feel like I missed out on so much. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, like, when I was younger, to me, like, BDSM, like, I never really understood what it was, and 
the only thing that I could kind of like relate it to was like you know like the really scary stuff or like the stuff that they spun in like a really negative direction mm. you know um you know the gimps with the gas masks and like why are you wearing a gas mask you know like I just never understood and then um I hit a point where I guess yeah I was about 25 and I started having like I guess like a pre-midlife crisis type situation and I'm like something's missing from my life and I'm not satisfied and like what is wrong with me and you know like I don't understand and I've always had a very dominant personality and you know people would just be like oh you're just very comfortable with yourself and like I would go out to dinner with guys and it'd be like our first date and they're sitting across the table from me and I'm just having a normal conversation with them and you know but they're fumbling with their fork and they're like you know like, uh, and I've had a couple of people have been like, you're, you're like really intimidating. And I used to get offended because I was like, what am I like being like a bitch? Like, what the hell? Like, I'm not even, I'm not even did doing you, anything. Did you ask them like that? Because that might be a, what the fuck? You think I'm being, am I being aggressive? Is that it? How much are they, why is you always the other person being aggressive? Why don't you ask yourself that? Fuck, you don't get over here. That's kind of how it was. I was like, well, what the fuck? I was like, you know, I'm like, well, what's your problem? You know, and I would like, it's one thing to be like attentive but to feel like you have to ask me like are you okay or do you need anything like every five minutes because you're so nervous then it's just like yeah I want to slap you like hands <laughs> down I want to slap you like that's that's annoying because I'm, I'm all about like relax you know enjoy company whatever whatever so for me it was it was kind of like this thing I'm like why do I like scare dudes I don't get it I don't get it and um but then there was also, like, obviously, like, kinky activity in the bedroom, things like that. You know, I always understood the line between pleasure and pain. I had been getting tattooed, you know, a couple years before I started getting my tattoos. And I'm like, oh, this really fucking hurts, but it kind of feels good at the same mm-hmm. time, you know. Um, so I, I kind of, I understood that that balance. And I started doing research online, and I was just like, all right, well... I'm missing something. Obviously, I'm missing something. And the more I kept reading, I was just like, oh, well, I knew that. Oh, well, that made sense. Like, I didn't really need, like, a lot of the um, the basic mental concepts to be explained to me. It's like I would read it and I'd just be like, oh, shit. And everything, like, just started to make sense. It was like putting the pieces of, like, this puzzle together and... Now I'm complete. When you say doing research, mm-hmm. most guys, when they do research, it's... Watching porn. Yeah, it's watching porn. Is that what your research was? or was No, it, was it actually Wikipedia? it wasn't. No. It, no, it wasn't even Wikipedia. It was like, um, what's that website? Black Rose or that organization? Yeah, yeah, Black Rose. In Black DC. Rose. Like, I, I found stuff like that. I went to, um, you know, Barnes & Noble, whatever bookstores, and I was like, I wanted books on um you know basically like like human sexuality like I wanted to read about it from like kind of like like I was studying it like I wanted to know why does this affect you this way and that's that's what fascinates me about what I do it's the psychological element of what goes on and why do you like this and you know if I do this to you how does it make you feel and you know explain this to me you know people will be like explain the pain to me and they're like it hurts and I'm like (laughs) you're not telling me enough (laughs) you know why does it hurt before you did your research or while you're doing your research Mm -hmm. 
did you think what you were doing was weird or was it ju- or, or no. is that why you started researching it like is this normal or was it no 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 it wasn't even is this normal it was just like like I said it was just something was missing and you know it's it was one of those things where it was in front of my face the whole time but I just couldn't put my finger on it like you know like I said, I didn't really have anybody to... I didn't know anybody that was lifestyle, you know. I didn't have anybody that talked openly about it that I could kind of, like, pick their brain. And it was just one of those things, like... When I started reading about it, I was like, oh, my God, BDSM! It makes so much mm-hmm. sense now! Like, I get it. Did you find yourself finding out new things by in your research like oh yeah yeah Yeah, definitely like um it took me a really long time to i accepted humiliation but as a you know a form of play or a dynamic or whatever but i never it took me a really long time to understand why would you like to be humiliated like i didn't get that for a really really long time and i was really good at it and it was just more of like you know um I can I, I can I can get into it. It was more like of a role play, but I never really understood, like, why do you like this? Like, why am I really doing this to you? Like, what, what does it do for you that you know? This is really interesting because I had a conversation about this recently about what people define simulation. Because there's oh yeah, there's like a spectrum. Right, you got to run the spectrum of it. And um, there's a an awesome gentleman. His name is uh, C, and he lives in Austin, Texas. And he sat down and, you know, kind of like broke things down to me. And I was just like, oh, my God. I was like, that makes total sense. Like, I had a better understanding of it. And this was actually a couple months ago um, that I had the privilege of sitting down to talk to him. This is a couple months ago. But I kind of got it before then because I asked a bunch of people and I kind of, you know, started dealing with it more. Because that was another thing, too, is that I didn't I was good at it, but I hadn't found my groove with it yet. And then once I finally figured out, like, how to make it fun for me also, instead of just kind of doing it, um, then I started to to play with it a lot more. And it started to be, like, kind of more in my rapport, uh, repertoire of so play. What, what was the difference? What how, how did you make it fun for you as opposed to what you were doing before and being good at it while well, yeah, not being like, good for you? I'm not a name caller. Like, I'm not, you know, I might, like... You know, every once in a while, I'll, I'll throw something out at you, or I'll be like dumbass, or you know, shit stain, whatever. Like I'll throw little <laughs> things out, but mom. <laughs> but um, I'm not like the type of person that just can sit there and like verb- verbally like just run you down like with all these insults and things like that because nine out of ten times I find that the person that I'm actually humiliating I really like as a person so it's hard for me to sit there and like call them names and like you know you know your mother never liked you go home and kill yourself you know that's not my form of Mm -hmm. humiliation my form of humiliation is no matter what you do you just can't do it right it's never gonna be right it's never gonna be good enough and so, you know, like... See, somebody else who likes to set people up to fail. Extraordinarily. Yes. Extraordinarily. I mean, that I, I imagine that for those people who aren't, like, more service-oriented, mm-hmm. that's like, okay, that's really, that's really frustrating and really... But for those people who are service-oriented and that's all they want to do is just get it right for you, that's going to yeah. be the hardest... 
Well, you know, but see, and that's another thing is that you have to look at the individual. If they're service-oriented and they're genuinely service-oriented, are they into humiliation? Does that humiliation work for them? Because it might not work for them. Yeah, they might just want to clean for you in a, an outfit and have nothing said about it. Exactly, exactly. The, the humiliation of, you know, them being in, you know, maybe a French maid's outfit is enough. Or, you know, they might like fun humiliation. Like I had, um, I had a sub for a while, that, I had a sub that served me for a while, and his whole thing was, was that he was very good with service, and, you know, you asked him to do something and he did it and, you know, he would ask you the right questions and was great with service. He liked humiliation, but he liked, like, fun stuff. And he was also a cross-dresser. So, you know, we would do things like, you know, I would make him, like, hula hoop. Mm-hmm. You know, like, just fun, like, awkward things that kind of give you, like, that little, like, oh, my God, this is so ridiculous, mm-hmm. you know. But I wasn't, like, running him ragged, you know, driving him into the ground and you can't do this you can't do that and you know he didn't like that type of humiliation yeah. so you have to really think about how that is going to affect another person because you don't want to affect them negatively or have them respond negatively so uh at what point from your research did you go did you decide to do it professionally i mean where did that how did that i have always been the type of person like all right all my jobs previously i used to work in offices for a really long time hated it and then I hit a point, in, you know, I hit a point a couple of years before I started doing doming that it was kind of like, um, I'm like, oh God, everything sucks. Like I hate waking up every morning, hating my job and this and that. It's such a grind. I'm like, what am I going to do? What do I like? And I wound up working with dogs for many years. And that was awesome. And I you mean actual that. dogs? Not yeah, like actual dogs. Right, okay. No, 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 no. Like puppies. Right. Woof, woof. And um, so I was doing dog grooming. And um, although I liked working with dogs, I liked like more like daycare and like taking care of them better. And I used to run my own dog sitting business. Mm. And the grooming was starting to like wear on me. Because it's not fun to fight with them. Yeah. I want to I want to hug them and love them and take care of them. You know, I don't want to fight with them to like cut their nails and clean their ears and whatever. So it's starting to wear on me and I just started like doing all this research and having like this moment of my life of like, okay, where am I going now? And I was just like, <laughs> I remember being in the groomer and talking to, with one of the girls that I worked with and we were the only two in the, in the grooming room and I turned to her and I was like, you know, I think I'm going to be a dominatrix. And she's like, I could see that. <laughs> she was really open-minded she was really cool very like kind of like earthy like not hippie but just very like earthy and um like in touch with things and she's like no she's like i could totally see you doing that and a month later i did it yeah yeah i just did it I so how like, do you whatever. how did you just start doing it the funny thing was was that i was online you know on craigslist looking for part-time jobs and you know i just i always look on craigslist just to see what's out there god forbid i did lose my job at least Mm -hmm. i know what the market's like whatever um and i saw this one thing that looked like they were looking for doms and i was like oh shit you know and they said training provided and blah 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 and so i brought one of my homeboys with me on the interview because you know i didn't know where i was going or like what it was going to be like and i wound up meeting this guy and he was a nice guy and uh, he actually did uh, foot worship parties and he did foot worship sessions and kind of facilitated that. And the space that they used was also used by kind of independent doms. 
So, but they were looking to bring like a couple of girls on. So he was like, you know, I'll have you meet with her if you're really interested in getting into that. Why don't you start out here? And so that was really how I started was foot fetish. And that was awesome. Who doesn't like getting their feet rubbed? <laughs> I had no complaints about that. <laughs> and uh, I did well for myself and people seemed to like me. And then um, they wound up. Because the guy was, like I said, he was a nice guy, but he was not smart on business. They wound up making some really bad business decisions within, like, the month that I was there and got pretty much he decided to shut down. And then I was kind of, like, thrown to the wind and it was like my dreams were shattered. Mm. But then uh, I, I found tests and I went to a couple of test meetings and I wound up going to a Q&A with a, a rapture mistress. And I spoke to her afterwards, and she was like, come on down. And I was like, all right then. And the rest was pretty much history. Yeah? Yeah. Because like I said before, I mentioned before, um, I didn't know anybody that was lifestyle. Yeah. And for me, like, I still I still worked at the dog groomer. Um, you know, I still did my own dog sitting business. I had another part-time job that I was working because I, I need to be very varied in what I do because I get bored easily. Mm -hmm. So I was working like four jobs when I started at the dungeon. And for me, it was because I just wanted to learn. I just wanted to get my hands on whatever I could get my hands on. I just wanted to have experiences. I just wanted to explore this part of my life. So it was really a hobby. I didn't mean to like start professional, but I'm glad that I have to admit, I'm glad that I did because I'm glad that I had reference um, to what was good and what was bad. And I didn't just like meet some random dom that was like all lifestyles that, you know, taught me some shit, but was teaching me the wrong way. I'm glad that I fell into the hands of some very, very capable people that were like, girl, <laughs> you gotta know this. Don't worry about that. You, you right. gotta, you gotta worry about this first. And, you know, was taught safety and, you know, things before I was like really taught anything else. So it was very organic for me. I think it it took me a long time, not a long time, but it took me a while and, you know, I would say about a year and a half of experience um to really figure out who I was as a dom. I think it took me a little while. I mean, I I was having fun exploring and I can't say that I I felt like I was like making mistakes or Whatever, but there was always something that it was just like, okay, well, you know, let, let me let me dabble in this for a little bit, and let me dabble in that for a little bit, and then, um, then it kind of just like all clicked, and I was like, oh, I get it now, okay. So who are you as a dom? Because I just realized when you said that I don't know who I am as a submissive, you know. Okay. So I mean, and it makes me think. I was just thinking. It's it's so hard to put that into words. That becomes like your bio, your about me, whatever. Yeah. But what it really is, is while you're playing, is I'm into that, I'm not into that. Oh, yeah. Those... And it's how you react, and it's the tone that you use, and it's part of who you become, but it's not something that you really can fully express yeah, in verbally. words, unless maybe you're Chuck Palahniuk. <laughs> well, but, <laughs> you know? but like, like for, uh, for example, like, who were you before, you know, in that first year and a half compared to who you were after that year and a half? Like, All right. I had, I think I had a lot of misconceptions because I had, I thought I was, I thought I was going to be a lot like bitchier than I actually turned out to be. 
I would have this thing in my mind. I'm like, I'm going to go in there and not like, you know, kick in the door and like scream at the guy, but I was just going to be like really cold and really bitchy and just like, oh, you know, whatever. And you know, you're, you know, like really like humiliating. I wasn't like that though. I was actually, I'm really good at the tease, like really, really good. And I thought I was going to be very, like, standoff, standoffish and, like, you know, be on, like, the other side of the room, like, you know, telling you to do things and, like, you know, but I actually quite enjoy getting really, really close to somebody, like, and invading their personal space <laughs> and making them feel really uncomfortable. I enjoy that. So, um, that was, that was a difference that I, that I experienced. I mean, I think... Nowadays, for me, and and it was hard to it's like verbal is the worst to figure out, right? Like your your verbal style, and mine is is very much like I just ask you a shit ton of questions. Like, how does that feel? Oh, really? Do you like that? Well, you're not telling me anything. You know, like I just kind of I keep asking you questions. I'll make you talk. And I'll be like, you know, beg me. Oh, I'm not moved. No, really, beg me. Do you want this? It's like, I'm like a drill sergeant in like this weird way. I'm like a sexy drill sergeant. <laughs> That's how I feel. When you said invading people's personal space, have you seen Throw Mama from the Train? Oh, yeah, I haven't seen that in forever, and it's though. And reminded me of, she's got a weak heart, so jerk around when you talk to her. Nice to meet you, Mrs. Lift. <laughs> she's got a weak... I always, I, I was, I, I get the... I, she had never seen that movie before me. And I was like, oh. Oh, yeah. I had to watch Showgirls the other night. Oh, God. Never saw it. I'm very sorry. I was at my gay's house. It was mandatory. It was what? I was at my gay's house. It was mandatory. Your gays? Yes. You have a, I mean, you have a gay friend. Yes. Right? I'm, I'm the hag to his fag. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so he's got it on Blu-ray. No, he had it on motherfucking VHS. Oh, God. <laughs> We had to adjust the tracking and everything. We were taking it back. Wow. <laughs> adjust the tracking. <laughs> so it wasn't even, it was it's not only was it a VCR, it was a very old VCR. Yeah. Because most VCRs had auto tracking since like 1973. Or okay. Something. something like that. Right? I don't know. He probably found it like. This episode is brought to you by Eden Fantasies. Enter EFCAST and receive 20% off your order. So you mentioned California. Let's talk about California. Yeah, California. I've heard a few stories, but I'm sure there's plenty more to tell. Yeah, California was. Uh, I don't know what the hell I was thinking. No, I know. I know what I was thinking. The move there in general was just. Um, I just needed a change of scenery. The hardest thing for me that I missed the most about New York for a long time was, you know, leaving Rapture and how much fun I had had there and, and some of the amazing friends that I had made and I missed you guys like crazy and um yeah it was so bad it was so bad like it was that was like really like the hardest part I mean, not that I didn't miss my other friends but it was just like you know I had like this new kind of like little life that I was like leaving behind mm-hmm. and uh you just needed to change the scene type of thing yeah I needed to change the scene New York had just changed so much over the years um all the other like 
you know, subcultures that I was like into, like, you know, I, I love like house music and I would go out to clubs and I would go dance and you'd meet up with the same people all weekend, you know, every weekend and, you know, amazing dancers and we'd get down all night. And now when you go out to clubs, it's, you know, drunk people just swaying on the dance floor if they're even actually dancing. It's so annoying. Like every thing that... <laughs> why, why, hold on. Stop she got a side eye. Why, why are you... <laughs> Why are you looking at me that way? First off, I, I'm... Because I'm remembering the last time that we all went dancing mm-hmm. on an Alphabet Lounge. And the girls were all getting down and the guys were all standing there watching. Yeah. Right, because Remember? guys don't know. I mean... Guys don't know. I don't... <laughs> this guy doesn't know. I don't know because I'm sitting there and every single thing I do is is a form of humiliation. <laughs> In fact, the last time we went to a wedding and I was dancing and you were laughing at me and I'm like, hey, I'm still dancing, right? So <laughs> I don't remember laughing. So, okay, but you were clearly, you were pointing out my inability to dance. So I don't remember any such thing. You, you don't, I'm sure I was very encouraging. He didn't sorry, step on my toes. But that's you were, good. You were, you were talking about, sorry, that was my fault, uh, <laughs> that conversational lane change. You were t- we were talking about change of scene, and you t- said yeah. like the house music was wasn't as good. That yeah. scene, what other scenes had, had deteriorated? Deteriorated. Oh God, I remember I was sitting in Washington Square Park, and I was writing a letter to a friend of mine. Yeah, I, I still wrote letters. He was actually in jail at the time, so I had to write him a letter. I can email him. Um, I was writing a letter to a friend of mine, and um, I'm just, it was a beautiful day. I had a day off. I'm just sitting there writing my letter, and I. You know, I used to hang out in Washington Square Park all the time. And I look up and I'm like, who the fuck are all these fools? I'm like, what is this like the NYU cafeteria now? I'm like, what the shit is this? Where the hell is the culture? I was like, I miss the crazy Rastafarians. I miss, you know, the skateboarders. I miss, I miss New York Dirty. That's what I miss. I, I miss it. I miss the culture. I miss that. And it's like freaking Disneyland now. Like, what the fuck? The name of this episode will be Who the Shit Are All These Fools? <laughs> <laughs> Who of the night? You're a foul mouthed female, Mr. T. I... <laughs> and so, so what did you notice the difference in between LA and New York when it comes to kink or lifestyle? When it comes or to kink, um, shit. Um, all right, the clubs are completely different. And I'm not a very big club goer um, to begin with, but the clubs are completely different because all the clubs were like in Hollywood and it was just like, you know, there weren't parties like the parties that I had been to New York were either like it was like either lifestyle parties or parties with like a professional element to it, like Mm -hmm. in LA, it was like everything was smacked together. It was the club goth kids. It was the, you know. Uh, go-go dancers it was um the porn stars it was the the fetish models it was you know professional lifestyle like everything was just in one place Mm -hmm. and you know every night you went out you had to be like decked to the nines and you know wear your best latex to go sit in the car for a half hour to get to the club and you know your car seat's all greasy and (laughs) like what the (laughs) shit is this you know like it was just it was a little too high maintenance for me you know um it was fun though like I, I would go to the clubs to like mingle I wasn't really like a public player because you know they would play like a shitty song and I would lose my flogging rhythm right. or you know somebody drunk like stumbles into you and you're like oh what the fuck and 
you know, in the middle of a scene and shit like that. I, I've heard that the the like the lifestyle scene, like if you go to a play party there, mm-hmm. it's much more spiritual. That they're they're much more hardcore players here, and that they're much more psychological and spiritual players there. Like you know. I, I can kind of see that. Um, I used to go to lifestyle parties. Um, my friends used to throw. They were swingers also. I'm not a swinger. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we would we would play, like, all night, you know, and people would go off and do whatever they wanted to do, or sometimes they would just do it on the couch. Whatever, mm-hmm. that's fine. I'm just over here, you know, lining people up. Like, who's on the cross next? Go! Yeah. You know? Um, but, yeah, it was... There was a lot of... Um, I, I do kind of feel like there was a lot more, and I, I don't want to say like well-rounded to be like disrespectful, but there was a lot more like talk about the power exchange and, you know, energy play and things like that. And I think that's what helps me also um, the most because like I, I didn't really know how to explain that. Or I didn't really know how to describe it or what I was feeling or like I knew it was there and I didn't really know how to get in touch with it and so now I'm like extremely in tune to that kind of stuff and I think that helps me you know definitely read people better and understand like people better so at what point did you look around California and say what the shit are these fools (laughs) and decide you wanted to go back to New York oh shit I never really took to California it, it never really happened. There would be times where there would be weeks where I was just like, oh, this is great, whatever. I mean, you know, I would go ride my bike on the beach. Like I had a, this path that was right by my house. I would go ride my bike every morning. It was beautiful. You know, I lived half a block from the beach. It never freaking rained. Awesome. You know, whatever. But it was just like, I would go into 7-Eleven to like go buy cigarettes or something like that. And there'd be like three people in front of me, but I would be standing there for like 20 minutes. And I'm like, I have to go to fucking work or I have to go here. Like I, that New York mentality of like, I got shit to do. I got shit to do. I got places to be. I don't want to talk to you. Just ring up my fucking groceries. I, yeah, it's a great day. Whatever. Let's go. You know what I mean? Like that. I just never fit into that. And there was also like the thing about LA was, and for me, I was, I'm so thankful that I was in the BDSM community because I made friends really easy, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I made really cool friends really easy. But I know for my roommate that, um, she was vanilla and she, um, you know, worked in a, an accountant's office. It was really hard for her to make friends because she's not a corporate person at all. You know, she's got tattooed sleeves you know she's a dj she's you know artistic she's a dancer you know that wasn't her world so for her to like find groups of friends like it's hard to make friends in la and it's hard to make like friends with people that are genuine and i i did feel kind of like a novelty too because the way i talk and you know and uh the things that i would say and they'd be like oh girls don't say stuff like that I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? You know what I mean? I remember we, we, we hung out with these two guys, my, my friends, uh, my, yeah, my roommate's boyfriend and one of her friends that I wound up dating for a little while. We were sitting at the kitchen table and her and I went off on a tangent about something, like some night, crazy night that we had out like years ago in mm-hmm. New York. And I'm like, oh, I can't believe that shit. Do you remember what happened? Oh my God. And I'm like talking all this shit and she's talking all this shit and they're sitting there like with their like fork, like midair and their mouths just gaped open and they're like, 
where did the two of you come from? <laughs> Who talks like that? Girls like that don't say the shit that you guys say. And, you know, they'd be like, oh, say water again. And I'd be like, ah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like they, like we would throw, we would jab, you know, throw jabs at the guys just as much as they would at, at us. And they'd be like, you know, they'd laugh it off at first, like, ha, ha, ha. And then they'd be like, you know, five minutes later, I'd be like, yo, did, did you really, did you really mean that? You said that? Like, oh my, oh my God. Like, oh, you butthurt about that. <laughs> do you, do, uh, it, do you find, uh, your job and your interest in kink makes it difficult for you to date people or? I've never had a problem. Are you, do you I've date never. kinky people usually, or is it people who you just meet whatever and it, something clicks and it happens to be whatever? Yeah, it's pretty much it's pretty much that. I think I meet people that have like in inclination in that realm, you know, but they don't have to be like in the scene or they don't have to be like full on or, you know, like anything like that. Um, it's is more of like, yeah, it's just like you know because I'm not you know I'm not kink 24 7 i'm not one of those people you know it's it's like it's very much a huge part of my life i would say like 70 percent mm-hmm. of my life and you know and i have like kinky thoughts and things like that and like you know whatever and i look at things in a kinky way but you know as much as there's mona there's like the other vanilla side to me that was there for many years before you know i was like full on yeah so I'm 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 pretty well balanced, so I'm not gonna look at somebody and be like, you know, oh well, you're not you're not kinky enough for me. Well, you know, maybe you just didn't have the person to explore that with. Yeah. You know, and now I'm good at what I do, and you know, I'm good at like making people feel comfortable. I'm good at figuring out like, okay, well, if you've never done this stuff before, you might like this, or you might want to try this, or you know, would you be open to this? As long as they're open to it, that's fine. Like I I did sounds on him. He asked for it. I didn't ask. I didn't was like, oh, I'm going to do sounds on you, baby. Mm-hmm. He asked for it. I got that shit like halfway in. And he's like, oh, check it out. And I took it out. And I was like, all right. You know, mm-hmm. you, you got to get past it a little bit. And he's like, okay, okay. I was like, all right, calm down, calm down. I was like, let's just try it again. And we tried it like two more times. He's like, I'm sorry. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I was like, okay. You know. At least you tried, though. Like, you know. So. A for effort. Do you have advice for people who are who maybe are about to see someone or maybe someday they're going to be in the situation where they have someone they like but who aren't completely exposed to kink how to how to introduce that you know it's funny because i remember a conversation that i had back in the dungeon in la that i worked at and um one of the girls who was a mistress there she was seeing this new guy and she was starting to really like him. And she was just like, you know, I don't know what to tell him about what I do. I was like, he doesn't know yet? And she was like, no. And I'm like, if I meet someone, that is like within like the first 20 minutes of conversation, you ask me what I do. I'm a dominatrix. I just tell you. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just very like, this is what it is. This is why I do it, you know. And like, I'm not the type of person that I'm not like, you know, oh yeah, be men or like, you know, I'm just such a sexual being and you know, I'm just kinky all the time and I'm like, no, I'm fascinated with human sexuality because mm-hmm. that is really why what I do. So when I speak to people that don't really know anything about it and I don't want to scare them off, I always speak to them from a psychological standpoint. So it's like, 
no matter what I say, everybody's kind of, kind of always be, and I speak intelligently about it. So they're like, they kind of look at it in a different light. Like, oh, well, I never really, th- I've always had people that I talk to that don't know where, don't, don't know shit about anything. They're like, oh my God, I never thought about it that way. Or, oh, that's really, really interesting. And then we get into like this big conversation about like, you know, whatever and they're like oh wow you know I always thought it was like this and I was like yeah there's like a lot of misconceptions about it so I feel like if you approach somebody the right way but it, it also is part of like you have to think about what your kink side means to you and how much it means to you and are you willing to sacrifice that to a certain extent, or do you need to be like balls to the wall with it, like you know, totally full in or nothing? You have to sit down and decide that for yourself first, and then you also kind of have to feel out the person that you're getting involved with, and you know, are they really open minded? Are they sexually liberated? You know, or are they very like you know prudish or whatever? You know, do you know does does he or she respond well when, when I talk to them, like, you know, like, um, in a jokey sort of way about it, like, oh, wouldn't that be funny? Ha ha ha. Can you imagine if, da, 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 da? Mm-hmm. you know, you never know. Or if you're like kind of serious about it and you come to them like with it from, yeah, like I said, like a psychological standpoint, people might be more open to it if you explain it to them. So and I and I think I think it's I think it's easier for somebody and and I think this saves a lot of face too if you let somebody know from jump what you're into and what's going on with you maybe not like the whole shebang but that you have this part of your life that you would like to share with them and if they're like no 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 they're probably not the person for you if that is something that you have to have in your life like, you have to make smart decisions just because, you know, you guys might get along, you know, A, B, and C. But when it comes to X, Y, and Z, and X, Y, and Z is really important to you, it's, it's, it might not work. Then it also saves face, too, if you tell them right up front as opposed to, you know, being with them for, like, maybe, you know, however many months or, like, a year. And then you're dropping this bomb on them and they're going to be, like, you know sideswiped with like oh shit you know who are you i thought mm-hmm. i knew you but you're a freak <laughs> you I, know? but it does seem like it seemed like a very common thing that i hear of uh women who do it professionally and then they get exposed to a certain kind of person who's mm-hmm. kinky and the last thing they want is to be exposed to that type of person when they go home because they associate that type of person with work, right? Yeah, I mean, for me, ideally, I would like to date a switch. Um, But also, like, because honestly, submissive men don't do it for me sexually. And, but there's a specific type of submissive male that... It's like, it's like finding a unicorn. <laughs> my, my whole thing about submissive men is, is you serve me, you better, you better have a backbone, boy. Like, I, I can't do the groveling. I can't do the needy shit. I can't do anything like that. My idea of a perfect submissive male is when you are attentive and you're, you're just like the perfect gentleman. Like, you pull the chair out for me. You know, you open the door for me. You know, you're in the kitchen. You know, I asked you to get me a glass of water, this and that. You pull your weight in the household. It's just, it's very much 
how you and Saad operate. That to me, no, I'm being serious. I'm being dead serious. It's because see what this is, Saad, is she's like she's felt like she dug herself into a corner by insulting me, and so now <laughs> no, she's saying, no, oh, but no, not people no. like you. People like you are cool. I mean, no. I mean everyone else. No, I, but I'm being really serious, mm. guys. Like you are not easy to find because you serve in a masculine manner. You know what I mean? Like you, you I think you mean very masculine manner. <laughs> I think that's what you meant to say. And also you know, most importantly, you're comfortable with it. Yes. And that's the whole thing is like I don't I don't want to come home and like, you know, have my have my husband or, you know, my whatever asking me like every five minutes, oh, what do you want for dinner? Like I just want you to know what I like. If you're gonna make dinner that night, you just make it. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't want all the the extra shit and you know I don't the the whole neediness and the whole like you know having to be over attentive and you know micromanaging just isn't sexy no for, not I know at all. I've I've met people who that's very sexy for yeah and I leave it to them of course of course I mean you know teach his own totally not judgmental just for me that doesn't work at all I have a lot of friends who uh, who have tried dating submissive guys, mm -hmm. and uh, you know they're like, no, no. See, that's the whole thing. I'm the girl. I'm the girl. Okay, yeah. don't get it, don't get it twisted. I am the girl. I don't want. I don't want to date. If I wanted to date another girl, I would date another girl. So I don't want to date a man that's a bitch. I don't <laughs> want that shit. You know, like I want to be. I want to be the woman. You know, and I want you to be the man. But you know, like just. You I'm want him to right. be your bitch when you want him to be your bitch. Exactly. Right. But but that's the whole thing. Is I don't even want you to be my bitch. I want you to, you know, to... And this is going to sound so cliche, but I want to be the goddess. Or I want to be the queen and you're like my knight. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I want. Like If I were to date in the realm of dating a submissive man, that's how it would have to be. Uh, are you familiar with Form Spring? I am. Most of these are all just ge generic okay. uh, questions that have been asked, and mm -hmm. some of them are, are interesting. I've, I've, I've found some interesting uh, answers. Stingy or thuddy? To give or receive. Uh, both. Um, I am an, a multi-sensation giver, mm -hmm. so um, yeah, I don't really have a preference for a sting or a thud. Um, giving, receiving, I prefer sting over thud. Like I prefer canes or single tails over like paddles. I don't really like paddles. Well, there's this person who was sending the question and they were asking about their first experience with another woman. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, that's a girl. I mean, that's a guy asking that question, uh -huh. right? And I, would say, I said this on an episode once. And then I got this follow-up. Oh my fucking God, I'm listening to an episode right now and I got to mention that guy that asked about the girl on girl experience was me. It was sent ages ago. I thought it would never be mentioned. I had to laugh. P.S. I'm a girl, blonde, 19 in college. But I guess that... And then the question <laughs> stops right there. First girl and girl? No? You want to talk? No? Okay. No. Um, well, I'm straight, so I haven't had... Like, I've made out with girls because girls are good kissers, but yeah. I've never had, like, a full-on sexual experience with a girl. Just, I, have, I have video of you being masturbated thing. by a girl. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. No. I mean, yeah, I guess... I mean, what would you call it? I don't know. I don't... But that's like... Like, that's, I didn't have sex like, with her. That's like third base. That's okay. girl, girl on girl third base. You've just never but been I fucked had, with like, a girl strap on. I've never been fucked with a girl strap on. I've never been fingered by a girl. I've never 
sucked on titties. I've never had titties sucked on by a girl. I've never, you know, fingered another girl. I've never. I I did fuck a girl with a strap on, but that was for video. So that kind of didn't count. <laughs> video, video, like almost doesn't count because it's just like you know, I'm just doing my job. Your Honor, you, it's clearly I'm not into it. There's recorded proof of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was like a one-time deal. Like I will try. You know, certain things I'll be like, okay, I'm open to doing this. That was fun. I'm not going to lie. That wasn't fun. Like, I could probably top a girl. I, I like I like topping women. And I actually, I don't bottom to men. I only bottom to women. Because it's just different energies. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I have a more even playing field. So, <laughs> sorry, men. Suckers. <laughs> what, what kink or fetish do you find inherently funny? Oh, all right. I don't know what you would classify this, but I just need to share this story. Okay. Because <laughs> somebody asked me, like, one time, what is your most, like, ridiculous session that you've ever had or, like, whatever. I laugh all the time in scene. All the time. Like, whether it's really not funny and it is funny, like, I'm always laughing. But I had this guy that used to come see me, and this is just, this is like a role play, fantasy role play thing. This wasn't even like me doming him or anything. He would come in and he would bring these toy guns, and they were like, you know, not realistic, like Toy Story type guns that you pew pew, like, you know, just like really like, you know, toy guns, non threatening at all. It was just really funny. And we would go into the session room, and he would be the director, and he'd be like, okay, so today we are shooting an action movie, and yes, he really did talk that way, (laughs) today we are shooting an action movie, and I am on the winning team, and you are on the losing team. So he was like one of the actors and the director at the same time, so then he would come up with these scenes, and I had to wear wear flip-flops. And I had to have my hair tie, like, around my wrist. He would come up with these scenes where, like, okay, I'd be, like, hiding behind, like, the couch or, like, a chair. And we would have, like, this shootout. And then I would have to die. And he would give me various ways to die. Like, so sometimes I would have to die, like, on my back with, like, my mouth open and my eyes closed. Or sometimes I would have to die, like, on my stomach with, you know, my eyes open and my mouth closed or, like, whatever. And then he would, like, after we had a shootout and I would die. And I had to die, like, really slow and dramatic. Like, oh, ah. <laughs> Uh, you got me. Yeah, totally. And then he would like army crawl over to me and like take my hair tie off my wrist and say things like, you are defeated. You are the loser. I am the winner. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then he would like sit there for like a couple minutes. And mind you, like he would get undressed like down to like his underpants, but he'd always have his underpants on. Because that would be weird if he took his underpants off then, right? Yeah, whatever, you know. (laughs) I'm like, whatever makes you comfortable, I guess, you know. And um, then he would be like, okay, great scene, great scene, great scene. We have two more to shoot. And so, like, he would give me another scene, and I would die in various different ways, like, throughout the session. It was awesome. (laughs) Okay, I have so many questions. Did he ever... when he first approached you that he wanted to do this, mm-hmm. did you know what was, did you know any of... Well, yeah, because some, some of the other ladies had seen him previously. And so, um, you know, somebody came in the back and, you know, was like, 
oh, the laser guy's here. And I'm like, the laser guy? What are you talking about? And, they, you know, so I do, an, I, you know, did an interview with him and we were negotiating the scene and he pulls out these toy guns from his bag and he's like, you know, explaining the thing to me. And I'm like, let's do it. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and in all honesty, it was one of those things like, I was just so blown away by what he was asking me to do. And I'm like, you know, it's not a dom session. Like, what What even? It, like, I just had to know. Like, I had to find out for myself. I'm like, this could be the most boring thing on the face yeah. of the earth or, you know, whatever. But it was just so funny. And he never explained why this turned No. Out. And then I've heard, like, various theories over this. Because, like, people swear that he was, like, around for ages. He's been doing this for a long time. Somebody told me that he was in war. And that, you know, he would, like, see, like, you know, people get shot and, you know, like, just, like, it was, like, a war thing for him, like, reenacting it in, like, this weird way. Other people told me that he used to be a movie producer or, like, had something to do with movies and it was just, like, that was, like, his thing or... Yeah, I heard, like, all these, like, really weird various... But, the but he thing probably about, just watched too much James Bond as a kid. <laughs> something. Like, it was probably something, like, really super simple, but, like, another thing about him, too, is that he was a really nice guy, but he was very quiet and when I deal with my clients like people that are like talky I'll get a little bit more personal with you know and I'll ask them questions or whatever or you know you kind of see how they respond to you but if somebody's really quiet like I don't like to intrude in your privacy like whatever you decide to share with me you know is awesome if yeah. you decide not to share with me also like I always wanted to ask him but I had so much fun with him that I didn't want him to want it to be like, well, he told me his secret and now yeah. you can't see me again. Yeah. Like I just never wanted to fuck it up. So yeah. I just let it run. Were you, let me rephrase it. Were you ever the winner? No, it was loser? never the winner. It was no? never the winner. It was always the loser. So he didn't have a hair tie on his wrist. No. So there was no chance that he was ever going to be the loser. No, it was it was just like because he liked to take like you know his his victory trophy off the body yeah. or whatever it was like that the was... Viet Cong they would they would take our troops hair ties away from them. I know was... they would, and then that... everybody just had like long hair and it was all floppy. I don't, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I know this that every time I see you, and if I'm in a, in a situation where I've won something, <laughs> I get the last chicken piece or something. <laughs> You're you gonna take defeated. my turn. You have been defeated <laughs> with the with the chicken nugget. I'm gonna say I'm, you've been defeated. I have to win. Yes. 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 I'm gonna say. Just wait until my hair is long enough to get a hair tie. I know. <laughs> He's gonna be taking your hair ties all the time. You Shit. are the loser. I am the winner. And I never understood the flip flop thing. No, no, that's that's another. It's not very practical for a spy or a shootout no. situation at all. Because like, it was like like he never flip-flops. like you know like like had to like an overt foot fetish or anything, you know, that he would, like, come up and, like, you know, like, sniff my feet while I was, quote-unquote, dead or, like, right. anything. Like, he would just, like, kind of get, like, close to my face and it took all the power in me, like, not to, like, laugh at him. This I mean, but it was, like, you know, it, was, it wasn't, it was like, laugh, like, oh, my God, you're a moron. It was laugh, like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous, but right. so cool at the same time. <laughs> well, the funny, this is just to show with an interesting life you lead. You find it odd that he didn't sniff your feet. Yes! Afterward. Cause, cause, why else would you explain the flip flops? Well, I don't I'll know. I'll tell you why. Okay, and I'm surprised this didn't. If you have, if you're, if you have an enemy, right? Yeah. What better way to hear them coming? <laughs> if they have flip flops. That's true. I you think try- one time I didn't have a hair tie, and I think he would. I think he took the flip flops off of me. Now, if I'm, so I think it might have been like the flip flops were like just in case you don't have a hair tie. 
I could take your flip-flops. Something like that. Could he needed be. some could kind be. of something. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. This was really nice. I hope you had fun. Of course. Thanks. Thank you, Mona. And thanks, of course, to Saad for sitting down with me and, and helping me through. I think she did. She did, I think, let her hair down a bit more with Saad there because uh, they know each other so very well. And there were times when I would look over at Saad while, during the interview and you could just tell Saad was anticipating something funny was going to be said by Mona. Just in a few, she could, you could tell. Um, so hopefully she, Mona will be able to come back and, and sit down with us uh, again. Her website, you can find uh, MissMonaRogers.com. You can find a link to that at Massacast.com. And, uh, and again, you can friend me, uh, FetLife, username Massacast. And uh, yeah, spread the word. Thank you for telling all your friends about it because there's been a lot of people who've uh, told me that that's how they found it, is through a friend. So thank you, friends. And thanks to Eden Fantasies for sponsoring this fine episode. Not only can you browse a, a great selection of sex toys lubricants and whatnot you can also look at uh, their community updates they've got interviews with uh, some uh, producers journalists people movers and shakers in the sex positive community uh, on their uh, magazine sex positive magazine sexes they have uh, 20 things more interesting than the royal wedding that was an easy list to come up with i guarantee you there's also an article of the pornography in the uk which also i'm sure is close to the royal wedding and a lot more. So the, the nice thing about Eden Fantasy is you can also not only get something for yourself, but you can also get something for your mind. See how I did that? Uh, again, EFCAST, E-F-C-A-S-T, saves you 20% on your order. Uh, I'm going to go uh, use my uh, Gipper prostate mis- uh, stimulator now. Hopefully, I'm sure you'll feel that. It'll trickle down to you. That's a, such a bad joke. I'll see you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>